This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. one and all to the Back of the Desk Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford and Albert Curley and Sam Pesky from with me yet again. And this time we're building you up to the trip of informed walks to Sellers Park, a fixture that the home team has won for the last four straight times. Um, more stats like that for you Heskiff later which uh setting us up for a massive fall. Um, right, can't wait. We can't wait but we're Jumping straight in. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? So, um, oh, there you go. Two times. So, <laughs> Albert, Heskiff's on the water, so we won't even go to him. I saw you get a can from the fridge. Are you still getting working those through those tiny rebels? No, I've gone, reverted to form and got a Heineken. Oh, four of them. Four, fuck you, man. Four of them to be precise. And this is that's, my second one of the evening. That's a pretty tall can as well. Is that a pint can? No, it's just a normal whatever that is. I know it looks tall because you only drink weird Ponzi beers out of small cans, <laughs> but that's actually what a can of beer is supposed to look like, Terence. <laughs> have you got have you not got very big hands? That's also true, but the beer still uh, you know, <laughs> looks normal. <laughs> well, um, as you may have seen from socials, on the way back from Man City, um, the back of the nest crew that was up there in DR and Nick and Chris said, oh, we're parked in front of a brewery. We're going to get some pit- except beers on the way out. Do you want us to pick you some up? So shout out to the ABC brewery up in Manchester. Um, Juice Springsteen. Sure. Yeah. It's yep. so, a tropical IPA. Um, and I've actually had it before, to be fair, and it is, I know it's delicious, so oh, have a go. Has it got any sort of tenuous links to Bruce Springsteen, is it? Um, it says born to juice on the can. Yeah, that's shit. I'm sorry. We've got <laughs> a, a friend friend and listener of the pod, Dan Cooper, is probably the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan I've ever met, and... I just know he's going to be recoiling into the corner at this. At least, at least. drinking in the dark. You know, at least do that. 
<laughs> well, it says water, malted barley, malted wheat, mango, guava, passion fruit, mandarin, pineapple, hops, and yeast. I mean, if that doesn't describe Bruce Springsteen's career, I don't know what does. He'd be turning in his grave if he was dead. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have another six. Delicious. Even smells nice. Oh, lovely stuff. Um, so BBC, I'm back, boys. They accepted my article this week, as you both will full well know because you've both obviously read it. Yeah. <laughs> what was the it's subject this week? It's just, it's just... That Conor Gallagher. Correct. Well done. Yes. Good guess. Look at him. Just... <laughs> <laughs> No, just, yeah, about not falling in love with loan players, as I think is a bit too late for all of us, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that smile, that damn smile. Um, Albert, are you yeah. gonna are you going to cry when he scores the winner for Chelsea against us at Celeste? I'm going to cry if you skip over my beer blurb next week, I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> oh, fair point. Let's no, it's fine. My... Let's do you first. Let's do you first. Don't worry. Let's do your BBC article first. No, I just... <laughs> Come in from the cold after knocking the, the Saudis. You've been allowed back in. <laughs> allowed back in. He's had um, a word. They did, view. they did um, send me a very good explanation as to why they didn't the put it up. Did you ask? Did you ask them? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, nah. I just got, I, I, got an, I, I got an email apologising, saying, "Look, I'm really sorry. Yeah, it it was it was a great article, but you have to be within the BBC guidelines, basically, and just gave some pointers around that. So I I think there's ways around it. I just need to learn the style, basically, to work my way. They around gave it. you their points of view. <laughs> oh, it was, you know, she didn't have to write back to me and apologise for not using it but she did so that was nice of her unbelievable but anyway beer blurb so we've been trying to guess who you've gone for um, we thought Dougie Freeman well we thought Mark Kennedy was the obvious choice after last week but and anything other than Mark Kennedy is going to be a disappointment but go mm. on well I went with um Again, again, you have to guess from the name of the the beer <laughs> running theme. Uh, but this 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 craft beer is called Frozen Strawberry Bakery. Oh. oh, very good. So he's gone after the name more as. Uh... Is it, can I guess who it is? Yeah. Is it Mark Kennedy? Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll be lulled in by this fruity number as you got it for free. And after the first couple of six, you think, yeah, this is all right. Before ultimately deciding it's not all it's cracked up to be and you'll put it down. Then for some unknown fucking reason, you'll pick it up again, take another sip before deciding you were right to ditch it the first time. (laughs) It was either that, it was either that, or it was George... Brew. Banger. <laughs> Absolute banger. Right. First of all, in your beer blurb, it sounded like you put down Bakery Sacco like he was a dog or something that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Bit harsh, but excellent. Very, very good. Enjoyed that. He was all right. But talk to me more about George and Dar. Where would you have gone with that? 
just that just got that far george and uh will always love brew there you go it's, it's got to be something about being legless in there because he did have really skinny legs <laughs> <laughs> listen feel free feel free to come you know feel free to come back with one you know i'm i feel i'm carrying here yeah, well, it's your job to carry. After you put me on the spot, that was it. It's your job now going forward. But I really appreciate them. They're funny, and I'm sure the listeners do too. So, well done. Still not quite ramage at all. For fuck's sake! <laughs> you wait. I'm. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get you taken off the BBC website next week. I'm gonna complain about your article on the are BBC gonna, website next week. Are you gonna write a letter to the Saudi government? Points of view. <laughs> What would be great yeah. is you should complain about the one that didn't make it. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really upset with this um, one-sided view of um, Saudis assassinating people. Um, right. <laughs> anyway, I'm in a box on Saturday. Well, it's all me, me, me at the start, isn't it? Here, the Legends Bar or Legends Bar? What's it called? Hang on, let me. Find. The Legends Restaurant. It doesn't even know what it's called. Oh yeah, I'm in the yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, the, the, Mark, the Mark Kennedy suite, yes. the mango, the mango coolie box. <laughs> uh, they should rename it that. This is the Legends Restaurant trying to make it up to us after they cocked up Arsenal so badly at the end of last season. Um, so, little blurb from Liam Connery says, I'm delighted to be able to provide you with the details for your day at Sellers Park, where you will be watching Crystal Palace take on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Guests should arrive in good time to go through all the necessary entry procedures. Starts at 12, I will be there at 12.01, making them open beer fridges, I imagine. Um, (laughs) Entry to the Legends restaurant is via the Executive Box and Legends entrance. This can be found using the stairs between CPFC Club Shop and Sainsbury Supermarket, which is off Whitehall's Lane. <laughs> or Manly, like, just brings it down and, like, you know, some of the allures just lost. Isn't right that there. the staircase that used to go into Crystal's nightclub? Yes, it is. Yes. Have they awesome. have they changed the RIP. carpet? <laughs> I re- Do you know that there's a, a rumour that if you go up those stairs and turn right to where the door used to be... You're in o- goal. Open it slightly. Pards is there chatting someone up at the bar. <laughs> Hang on, what has happened to crystals? Is that way? Is that what we're talking about now? No, we we bought it, and we don't. It's a. It was a bar before COVID. Was it? Didn't we sort of wow. extend it as part of the stadium? Every day's a school day. Don't know, mate. You tell I me. You're the one that goes through all these. I'm, I'm sure I was in there drinking before a game once, and it wasn't crystals anymore. Chris, it used to open just to be a bar on match day, but it was still Crystals. No, after it was Crystals. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Last time Maybe I was in there, I, could... I saw Patrick O'Connor. How long oh, I think that? that might have been the last time I was in there. So was it still Crystals then? That was still Crystals. Ah, okay. I so did pa- pa- Patrick O'Connor closed it down, basically. <laughs> That's what you're telling me. We lost the cup final and he closed down Crystals. Livid. <laughs> Right. Um, anyway, carry on. Doors to the Legend no, Restaurant open you, at 12. You were telling us about your Legends entrance. <laughs> and where you will find a fully stocked bar as well as attentive hosts and hostesses to take your food and drink orders. 
please note that the area will close 60 minutes after full time. So that's a very clear what we are and what we do is in that paragraph, which is not what it was last time. So that's what we're looking for them to improve upon. The menu. Unfortunately, they've taken away all the names. So I can't give you any laughs this time. It's just, oh. just, just the food. So carrot and coriander soup, meat platter, coleslaw, green salad, bread station, Beef fillet, parmesan. Bread station? What's that? That sounds like a fucking shit band. <laughs> Playing at the Dublin Castle. <laughs> or crystals. Um, beef, fillet, <laughs> beef fillet, parmesan, sun-dried tomato and truffle mayonnaise. And blackberry cured, blackberry cured salmon and dill cream. So that's the starters. Main. Confit duck leg. Duck leg. Confit, come Confit. on. I mean... I'm not even the French one here, and I know that's confit. In red wine sauce. Roasted stone bass and creamed leeks. <laughs> Sorry. Roast vegetable tart, basil pesto, and herb crushed potatoes. And that's just the name of the hostesses. <laughs> Carrot, spinach, fondant potato. <laughs> Cauliflower cheese. <laughs> red cabbage. That's nice. my MC name. Um, dessert, lemon tart and raspberry com- compote. 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 Yeah. What, what one is it? <laughs> compote is fine. Or compote. Co- compote, compote, as it would be in German. Dark chocolate brownie and vanilla cream. Half time is a cheese selection. Full time is pies. Full time is what's left over of yeah. the cheese selection. To be fair, if you if you stay for two rounds and glazes after the game, they walk around with the free pies. So maybe mm. they just go upstairs first. What? Yeah, that's a life hack. That's a life hack that I've. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, friend of the pod Penny bought um, pies back to the victory after the last home game from the corporate areas up there, and they're delicious. So I'm looking forward to those. Fuck's sake. Mm, life hacks. If you need a free meal, I read an article the other day about someone how he lived at uni off basically no money and how he ate going around like picking up leftovers out of um, takeaways and stuff like that. Is there a life hack? Is there a life hack for finding out if there are vegan chicken Kievs on sale somewhere? Because that'd be a good one. <laughs> you, you look like this the people that are listening won't be able to see this, but Terence looks like he's read a life hack on how to, um, <laughs> on how to uh, install doors. And it's gone really badly because <laughs> Directly behind Terence is an open doorway with no door, but there's two doors just leaning up either side of the doorway. So it looks like he's he's found a life hack for doing put installing doors, but he's fu- he's fucked it right up. Well, the worst thing about it is one of those is the bathroom door, so there's no there's oh, no dear. no door on the toilet at the moment. We took Tuesday off to like sand five door frames and paint them and do the doors we haven't even finished two in one day so if you've got any life hacks for how to um <laughs> do do five doors quicker yeah it's much called get someone else to do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. true it's true and i but... know i don't have a member of staff to do it in my house before someone fucking says it although someone did come around today and fix a wardrobe door shit <laughs> Fix a wardrobe door. 
Yeah, the clean, the clean, the cleaner's husband came round and fixed Wait, my wife's wardrobe door and <laughs> a, leave it, uh, a, and a and a, a drawer that wasn't quite working. Um, yeah, cleaners, I should have kept that quiet. Yeah, <laughs> make of that what you will. Yeah, sounds sounds like um, keys in a bowl kind of thing. I don't know. Mm. That's the Legends Lounge, mate. <laughs> That's why Pardew's in there. <laughs> right. We won't talk about me anymore. We'll talk about James Howland, who's been on the pod a couple of times in the past promoting his books, and he's just released The Palace Addiction 3. Um, I didn't know there was a two. There was a two, yeah. So one was about 2010. Two yeah, got was, that one. Two was about um, supporting Palace from abroad when he was travelling. And three is about um, kind of where Palace fits in with his life now that um, with COVID and uh, now that he has a missus and things like that. Um, so getting a bit more, bit more, a bit more of feels. I don't know. We'll see. Kind of relatable for me in the sense that, you know, I'm missing far more games than I've ever missed in the past. So looking forward to reading it. Blaming, blaming the missus there. That's good. <laughs> That's one of your better. That's one of your better segues. Subtle dig, yeah. <laughs> um, Sol Campbell, talk to me, Heskey. What's going on here? That is some segue. Um, <laughs> Sol Campbell, from what I understand, is coming in to help with training a few days a week for the next couple of weeks. Is that is that right? Oh, um, I, I couldn't didn't really couldn't really get if he's coming to help with training or he's coming to learn how to be a manager. He needs to do that, I would suggest. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those. You know how a few weeks ago Claude McAlealy came in because he was checking in on Gallagher and then sort of stuck stuck by a bit to, to help with training. I don't know if it's that or like you say whether it's Soul sort of picking up tips on on how to coach or or whatever, but. Um, he's obviously matey with Vieira from their time at Arsenal. Um, his record as a manager is not brilliant, is it? So I don't know how much we want it to rub off on on our defence. We've finally kept a clean sheet uh, against Manchester City, no less. So I don't really want him lousing that up, thanks. Mm. Jobs for the boys. It used to be like that. It's always been like that at Palace. But, um... Yeah. Andy Woodman as goalkeeping coach springs to mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, John Salako, what the fuck was he doing? Um, well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to get into John Salako. I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, but yeah, I mean, Claude McAlealy's got to be, that's got to, must have brought a buzz around the training ground when he turned up. Yeah, I mean, he is, well, he was an amazing footballer. And he was, I think he was sort of one of those players who got appreciated a lot later than they should have. Um, but certainly the amount of sort of technical ability he had was unbelievable. So, yeah, certainly if he, if he can pass that on to our players, albeit in like one training session, then that's fine. <laughs> Let's just so- hope he wasn't working with the strikers. <laughs> <laughs> well, teaching him how to defend from the front, maybe. Could work. Or maybe this maybe. is why Jairo Riedervall disappeared off the face of the planet. He just gave up altogether. It's like, I can't do that. 
<laughs> I haven't got it in my locker. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I can't imagine he's going to get a full-time role or anything around the club and just trying to learn to get back into management. But we'll see what comes of that. Um, Nathan Ferguson. <laughs> I don't want to laugh about this situation. So the tribunal has been settled finally and Crystal Palace have been ordered to pay £900,000, a measly £900,000. Um Crystal Palace had offered significantly more than that uh, in the January before he signed for us, before he was out of contract and offered to pay for his rehab, which West Brom rejected, thinking they'd sort of get more in the region of eight or nine million for him from a tribunal. <laughs> uh, they were close. It was it had, a, it had a nine in it. Chop a note off the end, guys. Yeah. And I don't like, I, I, I feel horrible laughing about this because it doesn't feel like it was that long ago where these tribunals were screwing us over. If you think back to Bostock and things like that, you know, even that time Bostock, I think was the highest one ever rewarded, uh, awarded. And it was only 250 K or something like that, wasn't it? So I feel bad. And laughing. a packet of crisps. And a packet <laughs> yeah. of crisps. I think it was. Yeah. Simon Jordan anyway. And a pro- <laughs> pro- probably a Rolex watch thrown in there. If you um, listen to Clinton Morrison, on the on the Judy podcast this week, talking about when Simon Jordan gave him a Rolex for finishing top scorer, and he was like, "I was nineteen, and I had, I was I didn't have any money at that point, so I just snatched it out of his hands and ran away with it." Uh, well worth a listen if you want to go and have a listen. And then he got flagged for offside. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> it was he fell over, <laughs> fell over when he shot. Um, yeah, so. That basically means now in the last three seasons, we've picked up Elise, Eze and Ferguson, who are three of the brightest sparks from the champ- to come from the championship for mere pittance. Um, Albert, it's fair to say Dougie Freeman's doing his job pretty well here. I mean, not well enough to get a beer blurb for Wolves, a Wolves Palace podcast. but I've got too much respect for the man. Thank you. Former friend of the pod. Um. Uh, no. Uh, who let the, the who let the booze out? Is that what you call it? Who let, as in the booze? Yeah. Who let the booze out? Oh. Um. No, I'm not doing Dougie. It's out of order. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. But he's. You know, I mean, you've summed it up nicely. Three. Three of the most promising championship talents for. I mean, what are we saying? Twenty. Twenty five million, something like that. Yeah, so fi- what was it? Fifteen All for in? Eze, eight for Elise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 23.9. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Uh, that's really not bad at all. Um, obviously, it'd be better if Nathan Ferguson actually played. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm a I'm a patient man. I'm a patient <laughs> man. It's good business. It's what it's what um, I think. It's what we should. You know, we all hoped. We all hope to do. We've seen so many other clubs. Yeah, we've been in the Premier League a long time, but we've seen so many other clubs get promoted and do that cherry picking the you know the best young talent from the Championship, and you sort of look on and you know we're signing Kevin Doyle on loan and shit like that, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's the complete antithesis of that, and it's 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 looking good, it's looking really good. Plus, I think it's worth mentioning that we paid more than double what we're paying for Ferguson for Jack Hunt. So even going by... Oh, it's no need to be like that. Fucking <laughs> hell. Oh. What, are you bring, going... what, 
What are you bringing Jordan Mush into it for? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Jack Hunt. Sorry. <laughs> yes, correct. And he, I mean, he just got injured after game one, didn't he? Isn't that what happened to him? Yeah, I don't think he even played a game. So Is it if, for we're the, going, yeah. if we're going by crocked fullbacks, Ferguson's a bargain. Mm. Yeah, well. I think was he was the first fullback we right back we'd signed since Jack Hunt, I believe. Mm-hmm. And still is because yeah, because we had one Bissaka. <laughs> we had Joel Ward and we bought Joel Ward. Then we had one Bissaka come through. Um, and yeah, Jack Hunt was the only one before him. Can I just say because I am one and a half Heineken's in, and you've said Joel Ward. Uh, you know, need to do it in a public forum. Shout out to Joel Ward for this season so far. Like, well, we, can, we can stay on it, yeah. It's player of the month voting time and um, he's got to be one of the favourites, hasn't he? Yeah, I voted for him. I thought he, he's he been brilliant the last few games and especially I think he was the one that everyone was a bit worried about in Vieira's system. You know, he, he, his attacking game isn't his strongest suit but he's acquitted himself really, really well and... Yeah, the last few games, I think he's been stand out really, really good. So, deserved vote for Player of the Month, I reckon. Is he getting yours as well, Albert? Uh, yeah, if I vote, yeah. <laughs> no, it's Brexit all over again. <laughs> Where do you see all this stuff? I don't even, I don't even know how to vote if I if I tried. Did you get an email for that? On Twitter. Oh, oh, okay. yeah, there's emails, there's the Palace app. Mm-hmm. There's social media, there's all sorts, mate. I've given up with that Palace app since I had to fucking try and get my season ticket fucking <laughs> downloaded, added to my wallet. What fan wallet? What's that? Oh, I gave up. Not having it. Got a plastic one now. Who's laughing now, Parish? <laughs> <laughs> You've got an actual card. Yeah. What's it look like? Same as the ones they did before. Uh-huh. Left quite, fancy the, quite fancy the QR code thing now, to be honest. <laughs> uh, no, it wouldn't. It wasn't happening. It wasn't. I kept trying to add it, and it wasn't happening. So I called them, and they said, "Oh, look, we'll just send you a card." Which, because um, the un, for, for some unknown reason, the under ten season tickets, like my Arthur's one, that is a card. So it's like, well, if I've got one card, I might as well have two cards. Mm. But let's move on because it's a shit story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Um... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 
Well, you should be using a QR code according to um, <laughs> our friends at the BBC again. Did you, did you see, either of you see this article about... Um, if it's a QR code that takes us to your fucking article on the BBC website... <laughs> I bet it is. About, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I've had enough of it. Can I create that? How do I make that happen? <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, no, this is an article that was talking about putting an onus on sports fans to reduce their carbon footprint when they travel to games. I did see this. It's just, it it was utter utter madness. Like the amount of holes in that argument is just a complete joke. You know, don't, don't drive to games. Okay. Well, don't put us away at Leeds on a Tuesday night at 8.15 because how the hell am I supposed to get back from there? Plus, just make trains 8,000 pounds. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Stop stop privatizing the network so no one can afford it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, me me driving my electric car with three of my mates in it to a game versus 40 odd footballers traveling to the same football game all in their gu- you know guzzling land rovers one one per car. Go on out. What electric what electric car have you got? Uh well it's in the post. We're getting a Kia uh, a Kia uh, a Kia e Nero. Nice. It, arrived, it arrives in December. It's just, so it's hypothetical. When, when, when you say, when I'm taking my mates, my, that's, you're, you're not actually doing that. You're, well, you're going to do that. Well, if we want to really get technical, my carbon footprint zero because I walk to the game. I walk down the hill and then I struggle back up it after. <laughs> yeah, but you've also got no toilet. Uh, no toilet door, so your emissions are quite shocking at the moment. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm up there between cows and airplanes, <laughs> especially with all that that craft beer you drink. Fucking now. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to don't don't want to be near me after a few cans of Hepcat. That's for sure. Just wait till you have some of that mango compote that you're going to be. <laughs> Meet the meat platter and the free pies. Jesus. But anyway, yeah, I'm really not happy about football fans being told, you know, this is what you should do um, to get down your carbon footprint uh, when football clubs are flying 40 minutes to get to away games and stuff like that. Absolutely laughable. There's, you know, regionalise the League Cup was one thing I saw. Don't make people have to travel to... Where, where were we the other seed? Middlesbrough. Wasn't it Middlesbrough in the second round? Lost 1-0. Standard. <laughs> we might score Again. in the FA Cup under Vieira. Yeah, who knows? Well, but from football fans being put under pressure to Premier League footballers being put under pressure, James MacArthur, at the ripe old age of 34, for raising your eyebrows at me, that was solid. <laughs> um, James MacArthur, according to Greg Lear Football at Greg Lear Football on Twitter, James MacArthur has made the second most overall pressures and the second most successful pressures in the Premier League season behind Alan. Mm. Alan, successful Not bad for pressures. a thirty-four-year-old. <laughs> now this right. is this, another news stat, Albert. <laughs> yeah, come on. What does that mean? Well, I mean, just harrying players who are on the ball, I guess. Emotional pressure. Is he, you know... <laughs> Blackmail. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to force him to eat deep fried Mars bars. Guess, guess that fucking ball, you little fucking. 
Um, yeah. Who's next? Who's next? For just just to you know give the I, stats some. I, I have no idea where to even find this stat. Like it, it says, Allen's number one. Who um, these days I believe is an Everton player. <laughs> Uh, probably only seen him play several times. Like most most overall pressures in the Premier League. Where's Colo Gallagher? He's got to be up there. I don't. No, I see less so. Like because he's not just doing it willy nilly. He picks and chooses and tends to win the ball when he does it. But I think if you looked, um, I think Zaha was our number one against Man City in terms of putting pressure on. He put pressure on Premier League. all that team at once when they came over to him to try and fucking square up to him. I think that's, <laughs> he, he accrued about 11, 11 pressures there, I think. Um, what <laughs> Gabriel Jesus always looks like he's going to cry. <laughs> yeah, he's either on the verge, verge of tears or just in a mild state of confusion at all times. <laughs> but doesn't he come from like a really bad rough part of brazil <laughs> he probably just got get some people waiting outside for wilf after the game he doesn't look sure to be honest either way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just like i, I mean i there's been I, I was gonna say i just don't i can't work out when i was mad at him it's a very clear sending off. He didn't go. It wasn't like he went down easily. He's got like a massive centre back just hanging hanging off the back of him, <laughs> um, <laughs> to dragging him down. And then Bernardo Silva, to be honest, was that sort of between a yellow and a red card. What he did because there was zero attempt to play at the ball. He was absolutely hacking yes. down. And if you remember rightly, that's exactly what City fans cried about. What Punchin did to De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. So there's no difference. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't rolling around. He wasn't, like, jumping up and going in the referee's face to say, send him off. Like, I was watching replays of, of the sending off and people were like, oh, it's harsh. It's not. It's not harsh at all. Nah, it's a red card. It's textbook red. Mm. It's, 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 it's a red <clears throat> card that you, you see more often than not not being given as a red card because it's not a particularly, you know, it's not a dangerous challenge or it's not, you know, overly aggressive or studs up, whatever. But it's the cynicalist of most cynical fouls. Because, uh, yeah, like, like Will says in his post-match interview, um, you know, he's like, if I if I, if I I roll him and get away from him, I'm, I'm through on goal. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 18 yards from goal or 25 yards from goal. If you get away from someone, you know, especially with Will's pace, it's gonna it's gonna be a one on one scenario. There's there's no there's no other defender that's anywhere near getting close to him. Even you know, Carl Walker who's got legs on him. There's there's no one near him. So it's it's a red. Yeah, yeah. I saw City fans crying, <laughs> crying that saying Cancelo or one of them was basically in line with Wilf. <laughs> and then someone done a freeze frame and put it. And he's like basically on the edge of the set the semicircle. You know, it's just yeah. just laughable, really. The gate, the geezer in the, you know, there's a, there'll be a geezer up in the like the upper tier in the stands who's in line with Wilf, but he's not going to get anywhere near him. You know, in line, in line doesn't mean you're near someone. Um, yeah, it's nonsense. I, th- I think you know the whole city, the city team sort of losing it and going for Wilf, and you know some you know t- teams that are used to winning more often than not don't like it when they're you know they're up against it and things aren't going their way and things tend to go their way. So have some of that. 
<clears throat> right. I've, I've, I've found the table we need. So amongst forwards, Jordan Ayew actually leads the way per 90, 20. Well, for pressure? For pressures, yes. Fucking raises my blood pressure, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Conor Gallagher is there. There you go. So Conor, it was Alan, James McArthur, Conor Gallagher, Pablo Fornells, Sean Longstaff, Pierre Hoyberg. Doesn't Good. really explain to me still what a pressure is. Um. <laughs> and yet and yet we've dedicated ten minutes of the podcast <laughs> to talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I tell I tell you who's under pressure now, mate. It's you. Me. Yeah, this this next seg- this next segue is gonna have to be a doozy. <laughs> well, this is actually where my notes come to an end. So it's Fair to say that Wolves are in good form and are going to be putting our decent recent record under pressure. Yeah. And look, Heskiff, this is stats feel for you, mate. Fucking love this. Come on, let's go. You're you're struggling here. This is this is directly from whoscored.com, our favourite statistical website. Crystal Palace are flying after their 2 0 win away to Manchester City. Only Chelsea won and Liverpool nil have lost fewer Premier League matches this season than Palace with two. But the problem is they have drawn the most games in the division with six. Mm-hmm. Wolves are unbeaten in five and have won their last four. Finally rewarded for their good form. They showed at the start of the season. Bruno Lager. Is that how you say his name? Good for a beer blurb. He is, yeah, excellent. With ideally change there. <laughs> Would ideally like his side to tighten up at the back after conceding in the last four. Interestingly, the home side has won this fixture in the last four. And Palace are unbeaten at Sellers Park this season. And for the first time, I've seen who score predict a Palace win. Let's give. Oh, we're going to win 2-1, according to who scored. <clears throat> well, uh, ups and downs in there. Ups and downs there. I, I know which ones I can hitch my wagon to. Um, I, was, I was actually looking... Obviously, we do a lot of preparation for these these podcasts. I was looking at Wolves' uh, last sort of run of fixtures because the last time I saw them live or on telly was when they lost to Brentford and they looked absolutely awful. But that was... Five games ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since then, yeah, they've, they're have they unbeaten. I think Jimenez is back now, isn't he, scoring? So that's obviously a massive plus for them. Um. But then I suppose from their point of view, you know, like like you say, we, we've only lost two games. We've just gone to Man City away and beaten them, kept kept a clean sheet, looked good doing so. Um so it should be it should be a pretty good game. Um I think both managers were sort of thought of as not maybe not lasting very long either. So the fact that they're both here and doing all right says says a lot too. Um but yeah. It's that we're playing a team in very good form, so it's definitely not going to be an easy one. Yeah, now we <coughs> always, when you play against Wolves, you always got to think about Adama Traore. Um, but yeah, I click on him, and yet again, we're in the same situation, Albert, where he's got zero goals and zero assists after what we 10 games into the season. 
just if you're just if you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason after the game on <laughs> Saturday, I just let's say that the stats that Terence has just said probably aren't true anymore because uh, he's absolutely jinxed it. Uh, yeah, you know he's. I, I think he's always been a, a a bit of a streaky player. You know, he's he, he has these amazing like powerful patches and he's always he's always putting a good performance against us and I'm half expecting it now but I mean all right you can only beat what's put in front of you but you know you talk about them being unbeaten in five but they've not ripped up any sort of trees here you know we we've just come off the back of you know he said smashed of uh beating Man City away from home you know you look at their their last five it's Southampton Newcastle Wolves a draw against Leeds and and beating Everton who got done quite significantly by Watford um, in their previous game. And, you know, they've only won, they've only won by a one goal swing in any of those games. So whilst, whilst it's a, a good run of form, I don't think, I don't think they faced anybody of any real sort of opposition where you look at who we've played, you know, you take out, take out sort of Newcastle who, you know, which we should have beaten, you know, we've been, we've been playing teams that are sort of up and around it and only, and only come a cropper, Against Chelsea and Liverpool, which you know, there's nothing to be too upset about there. So, yeah, they're on a, they're on a good run of form, um, albeit against lesser opposition. But you know, they'll, they'll include us in that sort of in that category, and so I'm sure they're they're feeling confident. But you know, so should we, because like I say, they've they've only they've only beaten people by a one goal swing um, in their last five games. So you know, we should we should go into it every bit as confident as they are. Okay, Heskiff, at you then. Are we that category of team anymore? <laughs> oh. I'll, Look, at I'll his no Look at his oh, face! Look at his face! I've sent. I've sent, I've, I've created an error. Someone pushed Control Alt Delete. <laughs> yeah. Got to restart him. Four oh four on my head. Um, you know, it's funny. We, I, I was talking about this game to to Vanessa earlier this week about what time, what, what type of team Wolves are and all that, and she's sort of like. Are we now not a team that just says, "Well, we concentrate on what we're doing because we're really good," and it's for other teams to worry about containing us? Which is absolutely right. It's just very weird for me to think about it in those terms, you know, because of the last sort of few years that we've had. But I think if you, you know, I speak to to, to friends who don't support Palace, like I've got a friend who supports Man City, and he he was just like, "You were like, you were just superb against us." You know, players like Gallagher and Zahar and bringing on Elise. You know, you've got players going forward now that can really do damage. It's not just pass the ball to Will for hope that Benteke goes on a little streak um, as he did at, at the end of last year. So it's it, it's tough because it's been such a quick turnaround under Vieira that it's it's difficult to sort of acknowledge how how much he's done. But yeah, I think. Objectively, if you look at the way we've played the last few games, even the games we haven't won, we've looked very, very good. Um, and I think some teams will, will be worried about playing us. Um, like a pile of Jenga bricks, are you just waiting for it to all fall over? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <clears throat> just on the side here, I've had a, a message into the Remph WhatsApp group. It's a guy called Scott who plays in those games and he's sent a picture of him and Conor Gallagher, just bumped into him in a bar and he's had a good chat with him and said he's a genuinely sound guy. 
I'm not, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming he's not on his second can of Heineken like um, Albert. Mate, Gallagher that that supposed, is. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming he's not drinking. Do, do, oh, do, do sportsmen really drink during seasons these these days? Is he old I, enough? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if he's drinking two two Heinekens in a bar and he's playing like the way he is, he can keep drinking as many Heinekens as he wants. To be honest, I mean, then Tony Tony Adams, captain of unbeaten Arsenal side on the piss, basically, didn't he? Uh, no, don't drink and play sports. It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. <clears throat> um, right. So that was Heskiff there, um, really getting out of his comfort zone and um, exploring the idea that Palace might actually be <laughs> not shit. <good. laughs> not, not, not shit. And we won't go as far as good. We'll just say not shit at this point. Um, Albert, I don't know if you saw Wilf's interview after one of the games where um, the reporter asked him, Palace carry a genuine threat going forward these days. And he sounded like he got a little bit defensive. <laughs> it's like, we've always carried a threat going forward. Um, yeah, well, that, yeah, Wilf probably got defensive because he's been carrying the whole team <laughs> going forward for the past few seasons. Um, yeah, we've always we've always carried a threat, but... You know, again, that threat has been trying to nick something on the break, which you know it's a great it's a great tactic when it works. But when you when you're relying on you know how many games how many games did we see over the last few years of teams coming to Sellhurst and and just sitting back and and letting us have the ball and and our our most effective weapon being trying to hit them on the break just doesn't work. And then it was, it looked like we were struggling to come up with any other sort of way of playing. So. Yeah, we've always had a threat, but it's not. It's never always been sort of the most um, mm. effective way of playing. Now, now we're sort of we 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 can we can press, we can put teams under those pressures that we we think we know what they are, uh, <laughs> and 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 at the same time, you know, you look at the second goal on Saturday, we're also very perfectly capable of of hitting people on the break. So, mm. yeah, we've got we've got weapons in the armory and it's, I mean, I've, I've seen that second goal so many times now. Um, and again, all right, it's against 10 men, but whatever, just, you know, what elite, what Elise does. Um, and you know, the part, you know, it, it, it could have been an even better goal because, you know, if, if Wilf, if Wilf receives that amazing pass and slots it home, you know, it's the slickest counter attack you've ever seen, but when it looks like it's sort of fading away, we still manage to like, you know, keep our heads and, and play some sensible passes and, and score a, an almost as equally impressive goal. But mm. just the way, the way we hit them is great. And, and I think we're, we're more than capable of sort of mixing up a little bit. It's, it's, it's so, so refreshing. Lise's first touch of that counter is just fucking unbelievable because he's Rude. not, he's not even looking at the ball. He's looking all around to see which city players are tracking him. And it sticks to his foot like it's on a piece of string. It's just yeah, that's that's really impressive. That the, the it's those you know it's those little looks that he he sort of throws left and right just to just to see where he is. You know that's 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 a sign of a, a really fucking smart player. Yeah. And, um, and and he's, his, and he's got the pace to back it up as well. And his touch to Gallagher for the goal. You know, Wilf passes it across goal, and he just like it's just a perfect. It kills the pace of the ball, sets it up just where Gallagher wants it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. Well, it was Pan- unbelievable. Palace released a video on TikTok today with um, 
uh, putting the subtitles to what the players were saying to each other. Like, um, and is Conor Gallagher just says set, and he just sets it perfectly for him. Um, John Stones looked like a stone that had been thrown that you're trying to skim across a pond. <laughs> the man he turned around in circle was trying to defend against him. Uh, but we're running, we're running long here. And I wanted to just touch on Will scoring his 50th goal for Palace in the Premier League, 70 in total, which puts him in 12th position all time for Palace. Again, he kind of like, you know, played it down a bit on Twitter, the Heskiff saying it's not perhaps the best thing that's ever been done in football. But being a bit harsh on himself, right, to score 50 goals in the Premier League for a team like Palace, who are basically sat on the back foot the entire time and all the pressures on you to carry a team for that many years. Um, I think he can be very happy with that achievement. Yeah, I think it's a massive achievement. I think scoring 50 goals in the Premier League is good. You know, he's not played as a striker for, for a lot of that. Plus, like you say, he's oftentimes been the only attacking threat that we've had and, and everything's gone through him. So good good of him to be modest. But yeah, he he's he's just such an exceptional player. And I think it is worth celebrating 50 goals in the Premier League for Palace because that's not going to happen too often. Yeah, and he's um, closing in now on full spot appearances all time. Uh, Assuming he plays every game on Tuesday, 30th of November at Leeds, he'll overtake Julian Speroni into fourth place. Bloody hell. Good for him. And he'll need, um, I think... Next season and a few games into the following season to slot into second place behind Jim Cannon, who <laughs> will never be, <laughs> obviously never be caught all the way up there on 660 appearances, which is just still astonishing, really. Um, there you go. And talking about records, that Neil Warnock, um, 1,602 games in management, making him the most all-time. In a defeat to Luton. In a defeat to Luton. I mean, perfect, really. Yeah. <laughs> kind of <laughs> a really good run of games for Middlesbrough for a bit there and then following it up with two shit ones just to get to Van Porton. But um, yeah, well done to Neil Warnock on that achievement. Wasn't Palace his last job in football? Both, the second both time. Times. Both times. <laughs> yeah. Which time? <laughs> Which time? Uh, he'd make a good beer blurb if we draw Middlesbrough in a cup. Note, um, Albert's. Feel free. Predictions then is all we've got left to go for. Albert, get those magic dice out, Albert. They're still nestled on one all from last week. How wrong they were. Uh, two. Oh, no, I'm not having that. I'm going to I'm, fuck does the it, dice. We, does it say three? Yeah. Oh, God. That's their last away game. They won three, two, didn't they, against Villa? I'm ignoring the dice. I'm going 2-1 two, two, Crystal Palace. Oh. I can't predict a win, can I? 1-0. One 1-0. All. One all. Um, I'm going 2-0 Palace again. 2-0 <clears throat> Palace. We're good. We're good. We're, we're the bollocks. I don't care about Wolves. Fuck them. Who are they? Who, who are they? I can't even say that manager's name. I didn't even know that was that manager until I read that line off of that page. So fuck him. It's Patrick Vieira's Barmy Army all the way. 
And that's it. I hope you don't. I, I, don't, I hope you don't use language like that in the Legends Lounge because you might find yourself out on your oh, ear. Well, I, I mean, I got in trouble last time for swearing. Um, that's for sure. What did you say? This fucking mango coolie is room temperature. It's not acceptable. <laughs> no, something at the well. Yeah, we wasn't too happy. We was very polite in complaining about the food. It was more me. Um, being abusive to an Arsenal fan sitting further down in the boxes. Apparently that's acceptable for him to be there, but not acceptable for me to tell him he shouldn't be there. <laughs> but yeah, it might come across again some Wolves fans on the on the weekend. Who knows? But look, that's a lot for this week. <clears throat> Obviously, all the other shows are all out there. Listen to the match report. Um, from Sunday, look out for DR's YouTube efforts and the Palace Focus um, that will be out on Tuesday. And international break next week, or do we? It is an international break. It is. Oh, they've come around so fast. Oh, it takes away. I'm really enjoying watching this at the moment. Like international breaks are the worst I've ever been. But yeah, so we'll be back the following week where we are playing Aston Villa. No, there's a game before that. We've got Burnley. Burnley away. Oh, the the look alike derby. <laughs> I'm really, really sad I'm missing Burnley away. I love Burnley away, but there you go. That's what you get for having kids. Don't don't have kids. Any young listeners out there, don't, don't, don't do it. What an ending. Jesus. Um, but if my daughter ever listens back to this retrospect me, I'm only joking. I love you, darling. Uh, <laughs> Albert, thank you very much. Heskiff, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, up the palace.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.